Welcome to the Concept 101 podcast. My name is Stefan. Jules. And Daniel. We are three concept artists currently working in the industry, as well as the organizers of the Concept 101 event in London. In today's episode, we'll be mainly discussing specialist versus generalist um, concept artists in the concept art industry. Yeah. Uh, so today's topic is specialist versus generalist, which is something that I think over my short stay in the industry has come up so many times in conversations, both when I was a student and with students now, uh, because it's one of those things where, you know, I would say generally being a generalist takes a little bit longer because there are kind of more mm. skills to learn in a way. And being a specialist can often be a fast way to get into the industry. Mm. So it's often a point of contention amongst people. It's funny because I feel like it's almost a question that is only asked before getting a job. Yeah. And then when you get the job, I guess you just end up doing whatever. Yeah, a lot of people get eventually pigeonholed into doing things yeah. over time. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I guess it's whatever you agree to do it. And over time, as you said, yeah. you might. That, that's why it's important you, you decide what you want or what you don't want. Because afterwards you might end up doing something you don't like and being hired yeah. because your portfolio is something you don't like. Yeah. I mean, go on. It's funny because like my portfolio, I I was hired to do vehicle projects for some time for uh, SharkMob and I didn't have that many vehicles in my portfolio. Mm -hmm. um, I had some vehicle-based stuff, I would say. Um, and even that wasn't exactly what I ended up doing. But... Uh, I found it interesting because I thought my portfolio was very like environment keyframe heavy and I was like, well, that's what I'm going to be hired for. And that turned out not to be like that. And uh, then and it took me a while until I got to mm. do the environment stuff. But yeah. um, you, you you did have all the uh, very like you, the reason you, you got to do vehicles is because you had a you had two vehicle projects yeah, in your portfolio, at which, time. which yeah. as a yeah. student is pretty big of a. A big, big chunk of a portfolio. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I guess that's that's true. I, I think um, it was like a, definitely a question that I asked myself a lot when I was mm. in university about like, should I specialize something? Should I be a bit more general, uh, generalist? Uh, I, and I think like one thing I knew in uni was that I I couldn't or didn't really have the passion to work as a character concept artist. Mm. I think like I, I knew that I have interest in everything else, whether it's sci-fi or fantasy or, um, you know, I actually, I was just going to say realistic or um, or more stylized, but I actually prefer realistic work over style. So you, so you, you consider yourself now as a specialist? Um, or more maybe I, I think I personally still consider myself quite generalist except yeah. I don't do character uh, designs basically mm -hmm. so I, I feel like I can I can do some character designs I haven't done it in a long time I had to do it in as a, as part of my university coursework mm -hmm. we did we had like character concept art so I as, as a, one of the modules so I had to do it um, but uh, I would I, I think I'm still somewhat of a generalist mostly because I I do environments, I do some keyframes, I do some hard surface in my portfolio. And I would say that's quite a generalist kind of portfolio. Mm -hmm. mm. I, it's, it's interesting because I think me and Jules are definitely generalists. Like there's no two ways around that. The, and the, the main difference is the industry. Kind because of. Because we are in the movie industry, yeah. which uh, just makes us work on many projects, probably like yeah. one project per month, if not two, if not three. Uh, All with different tasks. Yeah, different tasks. Different directors, you yeah. want a different look. You, you might have VFX yeah. tasks, then you're going to have to design an environment, and maybe this environment needs to have a vehicle, and then you design... Kind of character in the background of that environment, yeah, yeah. in the vehicle. Another purple electric... Yeah. VFX, like all of them. <laughs> and, it all uh, becomes the same. Yeah, I think uh, the VFX work is something that, for example, I don't do as much, right? Like, mm. I can't, I mean, I maybe can do it, but like definitely not as good as you guys at all. Like where they go, oh, do like some explosion or something. It's a, it's a very, like, it's a very counterintuitive kind of thing. You know? I don't think I've ever seen VFX concept in a student's portfolio. Mm, Have you ever no, seen? No, I don't think I've ever yeah. seen in a student's portfolio, but... Then again, it's not the most interesting work in the, yeah. in the world, I would say. And I think there's also a lot of misconceptions about what concept art and film is anyway. Mm -hmm. And 
most uh like if you go to lectures by people in the film industry or like companies like showing off their work it's very rare that they show off the effects concepts in the first place yeah. and even if they do they're usually showing off the more interesting ones of like hey look at how this vampire design for morbius is or something and mm. you know maybe it's vfx work but it's very painterly interesting vfx work. Yeah. yeah um but i mean so stefan you consider yourself kind of a generalist me and jules are definitely generalists kind of like by virtue of where we work yeah mm -hmm. um did, did you guys have any kind of strong feelings when you were starting to get into the industry about what you wanted to do in terms of specialism versus generalism because i i remember so many times people uh, coming to me and saying stuff like you know like professionals and having just like such virulently angry opinions about like no you have to be a specialist no you have to be a generalist yeah, yeah. And it, it's a really like weird little divide in the industry where you find some people who will tell you you'll never reach success unless you study spaceships for 10,000 hours and you mm -hmm. never look at a character ever yeah. again. And then you find other people who say, well, there's no fucking way I can hire you if all you can do is spaceships. So, you know, did you guys kind of get any advice like that from people or was it just that your own kind of discretions about what you enjoyed? I, f I feel like many people's, as you said, we're saying different stuff. Yeah. Um, especially depending. I, th I think the the stuff I got the most is like, and I, it's funny because I also do it now. People would ask me, it's like, where do you want to work? What do you want to do? Mm. And then if I would say, I don't know, uh, I want to work at Bethesda because the place I wanted to work in the past, then they would be, tell me like, okay, so just do whatever they do there. Which, which is great which, advice. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's good advice. But then it kind of be like, okay, or, or let's say Dark Souls, mm -hmm. then you kind of do characters mostly or or a few environments but you by selecting where you want to work by thinking that way you already restrains yourself to a specific art style and to a specific uh, subject matter let's say sci-fi or yeah i guess fantasy and like by by default by thinking like this you kind of go in a more specific way or like or yeah. genre um now i didn't really do that at the end because i think i was just i didn't really know what i Wanted to do that much, or I was like, oh, that's actually very cool. Oh, actually, cartoony is cool as, as well. Oh, actually, movie well, stuff you cool. had when I first met you, the majority of your portfolio was characters. Yeah, and I was like, oh, Jules is a character guy. Yeah, and be then, because it was very fun. Yeah, but then almost immediately after I met you, you stopped doing them, and I haven't seen you really do a character since. Yeah, which is kind it's, of funny. I think I mostly stopped them because I started to work, and because of most of my work wasn't really character based, even though. In the project I was on, I didn't get much chance to do characters. Mm. I feel like probably now I was going to switch a bit by being a frame store and frame store doing more creatures, which creatures, I tackled them quite similar to the way I would tackle a character. Yeah. Um, so maybe now it, will, it would change a bit. Um, but yeah. I mean, my big thing about generalist versus specialist, because uh, I'll, I'll say this just to start off. If you get advice from one person saying you have to be a generalist or you have to be a specialist, just go with whatever you like the most and whatever's going to make you happy. Um, but I, I've always kind of thought myself uh, that for some time I was kind of being a specialist when I was a student. I was like, I'm going to specialize in doing environments and I was doing a lot of architecture work and then a little bit of vehicle design and a little bit of prop design. And I was like, yeah, I'll be a environment concept artist and I'll do a little bit of this and a little bit of that and I'll be able to go to a game studio. And the thing that kind of, switched up for me a little bit that I think allowed me to become more of a generalist was, and you guys can say if you agree or not, I I think that generalist is more of a mindset than an actual technical skills thing. Um, I think once, if you can design, you know, or 3D model a spaceship and you can do a really nice final render of it, or you can 3D model a piece of architecture or whatever it might be, I don't think there's any reason that you can't do that for a character because I think all of these things follow the same fundamental principles. Uh, yeah, I mean, and then it's really just about reference gathering to make up for your visual library. To an extent, yes. Uh, I think someone someone that has a lot of experience is going to be able to jump towards yeah, I all think, those yeah. stuff easily. Yeah. People that don't have enough experience, I don't think it's so easy. I think um, like uh, very good character guys... They they know much more than just design principles. Yeah, they know how to create like a great pose and the but thing is that just you, some fundamentals that you don't really have. But I think that is part of if you have like I think the the more experience you gain, the more generous you kind of should be able to become in a yeah, way. Totally, like, totally. If you if you can't pose a character, then you probably if you can't pose a character for a character design, you can't pose it for a keyframe either. 
So if you're going to be able to do it for a keyframe, you have to learn how to do it for a character, the, concept, right? That said, I think yeah. uh, the best way to learn is to do mistakes. And of course, yeah. If you just do characters, you you're not going to do most of the mistakes that people do when you do a keyframe mm. because they're very different mistakes which are specific to doing keyframe. So if you only do just design sheets, uh, just sketches or like just very heavy character mm. stuff, then you just never met or never done okay, I, all I, the mistakes. I, presu- right? I, I suppose I'm presuming that, that somebody has, you know, at least tried doing other stuff in this scenario. I, I guess what I'm saying is like, I, I find that there's a lot of like very good artists who I see who say things like I only do sci-fi, for example, or I can't do fantasy. And I always think like, well, if you can do sci-fi, of course you should be able to do fantasy because it's just like, if I give you the correct references, you know, you still apply 70-30, you still apply the same texturing principles, you still, mm-hmm. you still apply the same lighting principles. And at the end, like at the end, it should functionally be the same process. And I think something that I've always seen with at least like students who tell me like, oh, I'm a specialist in like blah, blah, blah style or I, I only do sci-fi or whatever. It's usually just like a mind block thing for them. Yeah, yeah. It's usually a thing that they, they've like self-imposed being like, oh, well, I can't do fantasy. And it's like, well, have you tried? You know? I, guess, I guess it's a comfort zone. It, it, when you get very good at doing something, it might feel a bit more effortless to do it. Yeah. And then as soon as you see, oh, wait, efforts. <laughs> yeah. Too hard for me. I'm not going to do it. I think like uh, for me, one thing that was always difficult was sci-fi, uh, and I, yeah, and I have so much sci-fi That's work to hear. Yeah, I, I have so much sci-fi work because I I loved sci-fi work, but I always found it incredibly difficult to do, and I would look up to like the stuff that Vitaly Bulgorov did, you know, back in the day, and be like, wow, it's amazing. I want to do it as well. You know, I want to be able to model like this and sketch like that. You know, and uh, so I, 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 I did it all the time. I, I tried really, really hard because I thought, I thought that for me at least, that was the part that came difficult and I admired the most. And fantasy was, at the moment, it felt like less difficult. And I would say like, I still think that for a difficulty, I would say fantasy for me comes more natural than, than sci-fi. Just, just that's what I think about for me. Yeah. I always just think it's the same though. I don't know. It's like it's well, maybe like in your brain. <laughs> the, the, I think one of the things that like helped. What well, I mean, I guess we can go more into like maybe you should be a specialist, maybe you should be a generalist. But like one of the things that helped me become a generalist, I think, was I, I don't know why, but one day I was like looking at some keyframes, I was doing some paintings, and I was like, ah, oh, it's all just black and white. It's all just like value breakup, you know. No matter what you're doing, you could take the same value structure and apply it to any subject matter. Yeah, it's and like it becomes appealing. It's, it's like that Jama Learn Squared course where he was like, "Do these simple black and white thumbnails and be like, now change it into something else, and then change it, and you would mm-hmm. do like you would take the same black and white composition, which was a one or two values, I don't remember anymore, mm-hmm. and yeah. then you would add more values to it and change it to like something totally different, like." From an environment to a key keyframe to a character piece, you know, and it was still the same composition, you know, still the same arrangement of shapes, just in a different context. And uh, yeah, I, I think that's kind of what it does I mean. apply. Yeah, you are you are right on that sense, but I think a visual library is a thing. But a visual library can always be helped. It can be helped, but it helps when you have a good visual library to begin. Of course, with. of course. Like, I'm not. I'm not denying that somebody who specializes in gun design is going to be better than me at gun design. But uh, over, like, if you take, you will take. I think it's more like just the time effort, right? Like, you will take. No, no, you I, can design a fucking amazing gun, but it will to design to that standard it will take you like a lot longer. It, maybe. I, I think the, what I said about mistakes still is mm, very yeah. true here. Yeah. It's just. You know, someone who is used to do the design a lot, used to, he knows all the tricks about how to make a good creature design. And he also knows all the techniques, which you don't really know. I mean, kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of hard stuff is a guy who uses Blender, just switch to ZBrush and design a creature. Ooh, I, okay, so I think that's a kind of different part of the conversation almost, where it's like, I suppose what I'm talking about is like fundamental yeah. stuff where like, hey, look, if you can sketch a gun, you can sketch a character. Yeah. So, so what we are saying here, uh, but practice what, your fundamentals. Practice your fundamentals, yeah. yeah. Shocking news. I think what you're talking about 
is more about like software the process, generalism. The process, yeah. technique, yeah. The, the, the ease of use, the because, speed. Because that is a different aspect of being a generalist, mm. which I think actually is something that I, at least I can't really speak for you, Jules, I'm very different to Stefan because you have quite a set process, I would say, compared to me. For what? The everything. Everything. I don't know if I have a, you have a set process? Okay, wait, let's, let's list out the programs that you use regularly. Uh, Photoshop, Blender. Blender, and that's it for most right. part. So, like regularly. Yeah, so about. like I would say that I fairly regularly use ZBrush, 3D Coat, Gravity Sketch, Adobe Medium, Photoshop, Blender, and things like Daz and a few other bits and bobs. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I, I would consider that as being part of a generous is that I also have a general knowledge of software which allows me to achieve different solutions to different problems. A bigger toolbox. You have Amazon's crew. I have, a, I have, a, I have like the and stuff. Yeah, wrenches. <laughs> yeah, I have the smallest toolbox here, probably. <laughs> oh, <that's> so sad. <laughs> what is this? A toolbox dude, measuring yeah. contest? Dude, how many, how many softwares you know, dude? How many softwares you know, dude? How many have you done? But you your know? hammer is much better now. <laughs> <laughs> have you did a what is it? Have you did a tilt brush, dude? Have you did? Well, I didn't. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I mean. Hey, but I, I think that is part of it because I, agree, I think yeah. I, I think it's a I key element. Feel like, of it. Oh, for totally yeah. for sure. The only the only exception to that I think is when your fundamentals duh, 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 are so strong that it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, and I think that's like something. I mean, I really hope in my lifetime I'm able to achieve that level of skill where like I could be given a cube in Blender and turn it into something beautiful. Do you know what I mean? Just with painting on top of it and sketching and like, mm. using more traditional processes because. The software generalist thing I think is actually important for being a professional concept art now these days because you have to be so efficient with all these different things to, you know, hand over sets to clients, hand over resources for them to use as well. Um, and I guess you're doing kind of a different bit. You're doing different work if you're doing like Craig Mullins generalist stuff where like, mm. I guess in a way he specializes in painting, right? He's, he's kind of a generalist, kind of a specialist. Yeah. There's a lot of weird niches I feel like people yeah, can go into. I've you know, because I feel like we're making it really confusing for everyone. That's <laughs> like, fine. Yeah, it's okay. okay. We, we... We're gonna entangle it at the end yeah. and explain. You know, it. I promise no such thing. <laughs> I think I think what you're talking about right now is being generalist into the subject you can tackle, being a spe- but while being a specialist into your art style. Right. You know. Yes. Do you know? What? I I will say art this. Style. Can I can I say this? I I. Here's another controversial opinion. This is my most controversial opinion ever. Okay. It's going to get political. Very interesting. Very I political. Also have a About controversial very racist. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no. So I think that I I my opinion is that specialism, being a specialist is. Uh, sorry, no. What am I saying? Being a generalist is being a specialist. I think if somebody would come to me and say, uh, Daniel, like you know, how did you become? a generalist or whatever i would say well, i'm not really a generalist i am a specialist in being a generalist like that is my specialization right i like if you're a gun designer that's your specialization and you would get hired for gun projects and my specialization is that i can achieve a certain level of quality with any subject matter on any task yeah. with yeah. any requirements and that's what i specialize in is like just being able to hit any target that's given essentially mm-hmm. on any film or project mm-hmm. It's yeah. very good for our world building, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It is, it's the, the pros, I guess, of being a generalist is that you're being able to tackle many subject matters. So and... you mean the pro of being a specialist in generalism? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking in Daniel's language, yeah. yes, that's what I mean. Um, because, you know, like, I guess you're just going to be able to tackle whatever the client asks you and not have to think too hard for too long about how how am i going to make it you know you, you you know your tools you just select the tools you want that, and, that was, and you're going to be able to design stuff that was a really big thing for me um i don't even know how long ago it was it was probably a year ago now probably wasn't even that long but it feels like a bajillion years ago uh me and my friend reese griffiths um set up a thing called the keyframe challenge where we were doing Essentially, we we were doing different briefs and putting them on Instagram, and then people would give in different versions of the brief there, kind of thing. And you know, we kind of set arbitrary time limits for ourselves to do it. So I think on most of them, we were doing them in like twenty four hours. So yeah. it was you know like maybe two working days essentially that we would finish them in. And that was a really great step forward in kind of becoming more of a quote unquote generalist or specialising in being a generalist because we purposefully 
were picking subject matters that both me and Reese weren't super comfortable yeah, in, too. and and yeah, making loads and ma- like loads and loads of variety of like, oh, this would be cool for this kind of style. Oh, this kind of image would be great because I've never done an image like that, and and so on and so forth. And it it was a really really good way to get into the mindset again, because that's why I kind of think a generalist is, but the mindset of being a generalist where. I was approaching keyframes and it was like the Arabian Nights one. And I was like, okay, so if I group my values like this and I do my composition like this, and then going into the next one, which would be like the Crystal Cave brief and applying exactly the same stuff. And as we went through them, it got so much easier to do them because my my mentality about how to do them like changed over time because it wasn't just, I, I wasn't going into it being like, Oh God, I've never done a dragon concept before. Yeah. It was how like do I make the perfect dragon concept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like how deep do I need to go into specializing into doing a dragon concept? Yeah, exactly. Because no, I was just, just like just do a keyframe that happens of a dragon in there. Exactly. And then you just And you have appealing value structure, yeah. appealing composition, everything looks nice. The design of the dragon can be cool. I don't need yeah. to know about dragon anatomy to do a cool dragon design. Mm. If I because I have the right references around me. Uh, I think something that also helps probably help students and probably helped us as well to become more generalists or to go towards being generalist is to do projects which are quite broad. Mm. So you're not like, oh, I'm going to do this character, end of the project. You're like, no, I'm going to do mm. this short story or like this short um, sequence. I guess it's more sequence. You yeah, know? Like true. this guy goes into the castle and he sees a dragon and he kills a dragon and there's a whatever you know and and by doing that you have to design a castle you have to design a dragon you have to a dragon you have to design the main character mm-hmm. you have to design his weapon his armor all of that and by doing this kind of project you just end up just for like you know yeah. five keyframes you end up designing all of it which is funny because actually my final university project was like the kind of i set myself like the ultimate generalist mm-hmm. challenge essentially of like i did four character designs for that project which include everything included iterations and sketches and stuff but it was like four characters and i wrote like a fake little script and they went on adventures around the galaxy and i planned out like three episodes of this like fake tv show with these four characters and Mm -hmm. it meant that i did across those i did four character designs two vehicle designs loads of world building concepts uh like 20 keyframes i think creature designs prop designs architecture everything and i mean there's probably some correlation with the fact that that was the project that i had in my portfolio when i got my job offer to yeah, join ilm yeah. as well because i think it showed that you you, you can do most most things yeah. in a competent manner in a competent manner yeah I mean, i'm gonna you, get to work next be, week you're and, not, you're not uh, gonna be uh, uh i don't know Lost when they give you like a certain type of tasks. Yeah. yeah. That you've never. I'm, I'm going to get to work next week and then you be like, no, that, that wasn't it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it, was just, it was just a 20K you gave us under the table. Yeah. yeah. That was uh, yeah. yeah. Um, I think this, this kind of uh, like university work uh, is something that I had as well. Mm-hmm. And I had to do a lot of different uh, styles. Uh, even though I mostly refused to do any kind of style outside of realistic in university. Uh, and luckily my teachers were usually quite nice about it. And uh, I just explained to them that this is something that I wanted to specialize in. Explain to them you're going to enslave yourself. Uh, no. <laughs> they don't no. let you do what you want. No, what? No. I, I, I will just... burn this building down. <laughs> yeah, I, I was... And I will put myself in the military camp. <laughs> no, yeah. No, I, I just, I was just... Um, I had a, that was like the one focus that I had, but I still had to do characters. Same like for my final year project. I think I had, mm. from what I remember, I had like two final year projects basically, and uh, both of them involved doing like some character work, yeah, uh, a lot of environment work, some prop work. Um. So at, at your studio and at most game studio, can you kind of explain how you've seen kind of projects get split up? Do you know what I mean? Like. How do they generally make people specialize in games compared to yeah, what I guess, we do? Yeah, I guess what's the worst structure between people in the team? Yeah, yeah. What, what are the different structures? What's like the most basic structure of specialism versus like the most complex you've heard Yeah, of? I think majority of concept artists, they would be separated into environment and character, right? Mm-hmm. Right. I think like almost no matter what studio, I think that's where it starts. And then uh, the character guys, as you said, like before... Environment guys will do environment-related props. Character mm. guys will do 
character related props mm. sometimes maybe you will switch it around sometimes maybe you will have same task so you like mix it up and mm -hmm. you learn from each other a little bit and achieve uh, some new ideas so it's, it's possible that the guy who usually does environments end up doing I don't know a vehicle or a character I, I so we haven't quite gotten to it mm -hmm. uh, but I think that could happen oh, I nice. from uh, maybe I'm making it up. I don't know. But I hope that there will be... No, I think... So, like, uh, there was one time when uh, we worked as a team on... We literally... It was, like, five or six of us got the same task and we just all did the same things. Mm -hmm. And it didn't matter what we specialized in. And mm -hmm. we were all just doing the same subject matter, same task, uh, just trying to come up with as many ideas for it as possible. Yeah. And anything that was really, really fun, and we did it for like two weeks or something. And, nice. Uh, but yeah, most of the times you, you specialize. So like I used to do a lot of vehicle work for Shark Mob, and that was something that I specialized in. Um, and now I'm specializing more environments, just uh, Basically, I, I was really hoping that I would be able to do it because that's all that I always wanted to do. And eventually, time came when I had the opportunity to ask to do some environment work. And every actually, every time I had opportunity to do a little bit of environment work, even when I was specialized in vehicles, I would do it. I would like be like, okay, I'm taking this task. And I would just... Because sometimes I would finish my concepts before uh, the deadlines or whatever... <laughs> <laughs> as funny as that sounds probably because I'm quite slow in terms of designs but I sometimes they would happen and I would have like a week or two to just do some environment stuff and I would do it um, and eventually I think I proved to, uh, to uh, people in the company that I'm not just like a vehicle guy I can do environments you know I know there's a lot of environments in my portfolio but this way I just proved that I can do it on a project and, yeah um, yeah and then so in terms of a structure that's that's how I see it like um but I would say I heard about structures that are more complex than that, where people mm -hmm. specialize in like, oh, I'm going to do a spaceship. Oh, I'm going to yeah. do a gun. Oh, I will just do, uh, I don't know, helmet designs. I, I don't know. Okay, so that would break down into like weapons, vehicles, environments, props, props characters, creatures, creatures, yeah, and then keyframing. Right? Keyframes. Keyframe. Yeah. Or like, Key you know, like there's, there's even like the mood stuff. Like I've got yeah, the... Yeah. You can see it. I would guys, say the guy there's, 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 there's a God of War usually... book. And there's like 50 images of very rough paintings, yeah. which are like the color scheme throughout the book, throughout the game. Yeah, I think it's very similar to what Charles Belial did on Assassin's Creed, right? He was Probably. kind of the guy who was doing a lot of the inspirational work for the game yeah. to like set yeah. the mood yeah. and uh, set the direction, yeah. I suppose. I, I think this is very similar to what they would do in, um, in like animation movies. Yeah. Kind of mm. stuff. yeah, but I don't, I don't, how is that called? Uh, Vizdev. Vizdev, yeah. Vizdev, yeah. yeah. It's pretty cool. I, th I think for at least the way I've experienced stuff so far, mm -hmm. uh, Daniel might agree or not, is that usually people tend to be... So if, if you say with three different artists, most likely you're going to be the three of you on a different project, working on a different movie. Mm. Um, either that, or you're going to be working on the same project but most of the time, not on the same tasks. So mm. let's say you've got to design, I don't know, you're working for a movie where there's a a tank and a pirate and making everything up. So yeah. maybe I'm going to do the tank and someone else. No, don't leak your tank and pirate and no. the angels. <laughs> and um, anyway, and, and, and the other guy is going to do a pirate. Sure. Um, and otherwise, yeah, otherwise it's just one I, person on the, on the thing. I think this kind of runs into a question that I got recently um, from somebody who was asking about uh, kind of like what you need to get into ILM kind of thing. And mm. I'm not going to answer that question because I don't want to get in trouble at work. But <laughs> I think one of the... Kill Daniel, steal his identity. Please don't hurt me. I'm a very delicate boy. Um <laughs> But I think one of the interesting questions that kind of arises from that is that if you look at the roster of artists who work at a company like ILM or Framestore or MPC or anywhere else, often they actually have very varied styles. Um, mm. And there's a lot of difference in the kind of work that people make in their personal time. And there's a lot of different stuff going on. Um, but usually everybody who works at the company shows very strong fundamentals. I'm going back to that, sorry. But the the question that I got was kind of like, yeah, what, what do you need to be able to do to work at ILM? All of these portfolios have such different looks, such different subject matters. They're all doing wildly different things. 
so what should I be doing mm. to, you know, uh, kind of become more of a generalist artist? And I think the thing that struck me is something that maybe we could talk about almost was like the fact that in film and maybe in games as well, if you're a generalist, the essential thing is that you can swap out with anybody else on the team. If somebody goes on holiday and yeah. that you can fill in on that character design brief or creature design brief flawlessly and it just seamlessly transitions to the client. Do you know what I mean? You can retain as much of their style well, as would be, be possible. For Framestore as well. Yeah. I mean, you guys have some incredible creature guys. Yeah. Is everyone you have, you have people, creatures, basically? Ob- you have people who specialize. We have very, obviously, there, there's some different skills, right? Yeah. I, I've been okay. in industry for two years. Some people there have been in industry for over 10 years, maybe 20, 20 years. Of, of course, they're way, way, way better than me. And yeah. I think it's similar for Daniel. He's working with some people who have been in industry for nah, over 20 years. And tells them And if Daniel... Any was, task, man, just give it to me. And, you know, like, I, I think that's just the... You know, you work with people who have different level of experience. Yeah, but sure. I think if you're hired, it's probably because they expect you to be able to to do okay at all of it. Yes. Mm, yeah. I, I think one of the Definitely things is... In games. Really? I, well, I, okay, so I think in film, the thing is, like... Let's say me and Jules are working on a project together. I'm working on a character design brief and Jules is working on a piece of architecture. I think the expectation is that if Jules went on holiday and my character design brief was on schedule to be finished on time, that I could pick up Jules's brief as well and finish it to exactly the same quality as he could, essentially. I think that is what the job is at the end of the day. Yeah. Or, it's like, or to a quality that the, the, the client, client is fine with. Yes, of course, yeah, yeah. Because you know, you might have a guy in the team who's very good at, at buildings and he's going to do a better job than you, but to the eye of the client, job done, yeah. all good, it's acceptable. I think also, once you do reach a certain level of professionalism in the industry, to people outside of the industry, the quote-unquote skill level becomes very arbitrary. I think a lot of people kind of forget that, for example, people have different styles and tastes and like different things. And, you know... I remember as a student, a lot of people saying to me, like, if you want to reach the next level, you have to add in more photo bash into your portfolio. And like (laughs) now as a professional being in industry, I can see that like, that's not always the case. Like there's plenty of studios which are going to be much more interested in you if you can do painfully work. Or if, if you, you want to do... be a professional, you need to add Agvis in your piece. Yeah, you have <laughs> to have Agvis. That is press that magic pro- button. That's the, the one thing I still don't have. Yeah. yeah. You should get it. I heard Photo Sketcher is pretty good as well. Well, yeah. Stefan, if you want to become a true artist. A true professional. If you want to unlock your third eye or whatever that means, yeah. you need to install Agvis. Yes. Yeah. I did get a really nice message from somebody recently being like, Oh, I really like your work and how you managed to keep it so painfully, even though you use 3D. And I was like, on the inside, I was like, it's all, it's all like this. <laughs> okay, wait, no, 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 wait. I'm gonna give myself more credit than that. It's not all like this. But it is all like this. It's not all like this. <laughs> I can paint. I can paint. I'm no, telling you. Yeah, that, that can paint. It's, I'm it's, crying it's, in the corner. It's, it's very funny because in my previous job, one of my colleagues didn't know about Agvis, hmm. and I was using Agvis. And one day I told him, I was like, yeah, that's what I'm using, and he was amazed by it, and he was also very sad because my work was all of a sudden way more impressive uh, way less impressive so because because he was like ah well he was i thought you were painting all of that like you had very sick skills of painting everything i was like nope just 3d it would be lovely if we had the time to paint everything yeah i will say i will say in terms of actors i only heavily use actors on a very tight timeline yeah any of my personal work I only use it to break up 3D. I use it on the lowest percentage. I almost, never be I almost don't use it. Yeah, I, I pretty much don't it. use it. Yeah. It's, it's often because once a, po- a concept with my the, my personal taste yeah. gets to a good level, yeah. I feel like Agvis is going to reduce the quality of it. It's going to look less like the aesthetic I, I enjoy. Right. That, see, that's interesting because for me, I really don't like, like the heavy 3D look mm-hmm. in work mm-hmm. or the very photoreal look. So for me having Acvis is a great way to break up edges. And that's essentially yeah. all I use it for. It's just to like, because you get some, because you get like essentially like pixel perfect edges in 3D, right? Which is not something you get in real life. It's always broken up by the light or the atmosphere hitting it a different way or like just the fluffiness of like whatever the object is or blah, 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 a million different things. Yeah, like the lens or something. Yeah, the lens, yeah. a bit of smudge on the lens. But so for me, having the lowest setting of Acvis and just running it over whatever base render I have and then painting on top of that always gives me more of the aesthetic I enjoy yeah, because yeah. it gets it removes the gross 
clinicalness yeah, of yeah, 3D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I definitely don't have such tight deadlines at work, so I, <laughs> I don't. Except I have done like some more rough concepts where I think it would have been helpful to have it. Um, or when I do like very quick, sometimes I have to do like um, before I do like final final concept, I have to do like some rough iterations, and maybe then I think it would be good to like bring the photo bash together. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's very good to bring 3D and photo bash together. It's like, a good combination tool, essentially. To tie up stuff, yeah. you know. It's it's, it's like the it's like the, the, the lacquer layer on top of it. I I I started painting, the, I guess, what is it? It's it was like, like the brush strokes on a yeah. painting, really. It's like it, it's yeah. like if you threw a bit. Essentially, what you're doing in digital, right, is you're collaging a lot of the time. Yeah. And one of the reasons that somebody like John Park, his work looks so amazing, or Jimmy Jones, or any of those like very painterly guys, is because they might make a bit of photo bash as a reference, and then, but then they will paint it all from scratch from that point. Yeah, uh, they're not using tools like Actface, and that allows it to look consistent and cohesive yeah. and nice. And so. You know, it's the same thing where like if you did a piece like, you know, OPB guys, they often do like extremely heavy 3D work, but it all comes together very cohesively because the images are 95% done in 3D. Yeah. Or if you look at people who kind of were in the industry in the 90s or not the 90s, maybe like late 2000s, they kind of have a lot more photo bash in their work. And because they're using 90% photo bash, it looks way more cohesive and so on and so forth, right? You need to kind of pick a majority style. If you do like, I think one of the big things that I had a problem with when I was a student was I would do 3D and then I would do some photo bash, then I'd do some 3D, then i paint a bit, then I'd do a bit more 3D and then a photo bash. Really? Yeah, I would, I had like such a messy process. Wait, so, so you would paste renders together? Kind of, yeah. Uh -huh. It just wasn't a very clinical, like now it's like, I do my 3D, I do my photo bash, I do my paint over. And yeah. that's that's every single project. Yeah. That's how I work it. Yeah. Um, but back then, because I didn't have like a very strong idea of what of, of really how to make good concept artwork, I would just do like this random process. And so at the end, I'd be like, why doesn't, why, why doesn't my painting, I, you know, I'd have like a hand painted character next to a photo real element on a 3D environment. <laughs> yeah, and I'd be like, yeah. why doesn't this look good? <laughs> hmm. uh. Because it because it because doesn't no look yeah, yeah, yeah. Because no actors, probably. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, now you can just that could have I, been fixed by pressing one button. Yeah. I definitely uh, photo bash a lot yeah. at work. I, I don't use much 3D nowadays. Depends on what I do. Um but I would say uh with the environment work some a lot of the times. I'm sure it will change, but I do I do like to photo bash a lot because because that way I get a lot of consistency out mm. of it. And I like like it, I don't end up having a corner of something looking weird because yeah. it, it's all been photo bashed. Yeah. It's all been photo bashed and like some paint over. I don't really know. Majority it, it, it's funny because in film, I do feel like um, using 3D a lot is more of a necessity than a choice because there is the expectation from clients, especially on fast deadlines, that if you've just done a set design, you're going to hand over the 3D mm, for that yes, set design yeah. for the yeah. client to use. And also just for, you know, just... I would usually... You already. have loads of feedback. Yeah. And it's always, you know, it's Move not like... Move the camera 15 yeah, degrees to the like, left. Can we make this nails a bit shorter or can we make this eye a bit bigger? Yeah. Or like just that kind of stuff, which if you're doing everything in 2D, it's kind of annoying and then you're, you you end up cutting and stitching your painting all the time, you know? Yeah. I, I really like to to work in a way that I always have the same base render and then mm. I just build on top of it. And then, so if the client asks me, can you make this element smaller? I re-render I re again. I slap my render into my existing Photoshop and I just have to tweak the layers on top of that and it's all lined up perfectly. So if it's right. just an, if it's just a tiny change in the render itself, I'm, I'm not going to redo all of it. I'm just going to re-render, slap, slap my layers, um, my render layers, because I, I render like yeah. 10 different layers, and just put them back into the same kind of hierarchy. And then I'm just gonna go back to my old, I don't know, 50, 100 layers I did for the old painting. Yeah. And just change the ones that change the ones that inter interact with what I changed. And yeah, since yeah, sure, I already yeah, figured yeah. out the last painting, I just I can sometimes you can just lasso and put it where it should yeah, be. Yeah, I mean layer structure is like such an important thing. I think I like whenever I see Stefan's layer structures, I want to blow my brains out. I try really hard. Do you know what's so funny? He always tells me he tries really hard. <laughs> uh, and then he goes, no, 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 no. Layer 520C 
A, B. <laughs> I have a pretty decent layer structure. His layer structure, Jules, is laughable. I mean, I, it's just so bad. It's getting better. It is getting better. I'll give you that. But you can really go hardcore. Like, I think layer structure is you can really go hardcore. Like, there's degrees on it. Like, well, I, okay. I, I feel like I'm messy, but I'm probably very clean compared to I think the I think I, I'm probably... Cleaner than both of you. Do, 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 but I tell you what, I tell you what, I tell you. Do you, you have why. color schemes? Like, yeah. Do you, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I use it as well. I, I use it as well. Okay, wait, wait. I, so I will often, for a, for a concept, I will color code each of the different elements in the scene. I so, for example, that. the sky will be in a blue layer folder, the environment will well, be in yeah. a green layer folder. No, you don't. I've I seen do. you're like, <laughs> such a liar. I do <laughs> random color. All right. Ocean is rainbow. Ocean is always red. <laughs> just like skies, like some. Do you know what I'd really like? Like is... yellow for no reason. The sun is always going to be green. Yeah. <laughs> can we can we have like a video edit of scrolling through one of his layer stacks in Photoshop? They are massive though. Sometimes. But no, you're but literally self-reporting no, no. right now. No, no, no but like wait, 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 I have to do the most. Sometimes the most ridiculous. Like amounts of shit that I have to have. Like Changes. Cons- Change. You yeah. need to check. Right, right. So let me stop you there. The reason that you should have a tidy layer stack is so you can do changes easily. Yeah. I have when I so because my layers are so. And here's the thing. So clean I, always. Here's, well, here's the thing. Let me say this. Let me say okay, this. Okay. Okay. Compared to other people I work with, my layers are terrible. Okay. okay. My layers um, are really bad compared to some people I work with who do incredibly clean layer organization. Yeah. But I have found that the better my layer structure has got. And this is not something that matters. I don't do this when I'm doing personal work because there aren't client changes. But when I have to deal with a client change and they say, can you move move building Y more to the right of screen Mm. X and make this area darker and add a shadow here? It takes me what, what, like when I started the job and I was doing tasks like that, it would take me a day to do those changes. Now it takes me an hour. Yeah, because because you're like, okay, click this, boom. Yeah, exactly. You you know where you're going, you know also. Sorry, let's just, how long does it take you to do a change, Stefan? Easy, like same time. That's not true. <laughs> I, I I don't think... You've, you've been saying that while saying no with your head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's screaming for help in his eyes. <laughs> I have very, very complicated paintings. Like, it... I do! I... Oh, fuck off. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, sorry. You're, you're right, Stefan. Your work is so much more complicated than ours. How could we ever deem ourselves worthy of understanding your layer structure i agree <laughs> your layer structure is like angels they're ineffable and unknowable <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, I i never seen stefan's layer structure will we'll next time i will i will uh apply the the non-guilty until proven right is that is that what it is yeah yeah uh, not no wait not, that's why i'm not a not lawyer <laughs> non guilt uh not sorry. guilty innocent until proven guilty that's it oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's go <laughs> all right should we actually talk about the subject matter that we were maybe yeah. talking about uh well that just... was like one hell of a side note it was interesting it was interesting yeah. for Ho- us hopefully it was interesting for yeah. the listener i don't care about the listener <laughs> <laughs> um 10 10 people just unsubscribe <laughs> just, yeah. just, just don't, don't forget that this podcast is just a therapy of our friendship. Yeah, that's true, yeah. <laughs> I think making I think making the event is a therapy for no, 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 this, this is, is a therapy, therapy from the from event. The event. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we would God. all be buried by now. But what? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I want specialists versus generalists. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I I want to I want to bring up two two things because yeah. I, I've been wanting to bring this up. Uh, one is <laughs> one is hard surface specialists, guys, because yeah. we all know a lot of hard surface specialist yeah, guys yeah. who just do exclusively hard surface. Shout uh, out to and the I feel boys. like and I feel like that's a very interesting niche that exists even more exclusively to almost anything else. Like you even if you have guys who do sci-fi, they will never be just a guy who just does swords, right? I, you I, will have a guy who just does guns in fantasy in uh, sorry. Sorry, I want to say if there even if you have guys who, for example, do fantasy, you'll never just have a guy who does fantasy swords. You'll have a guy who will do fantasy armor, maybe. And okay, can I cut in there? I think it's to do with the amount of need for things. It's the supply and demand, right? If you're doing a game like Call of Duty, yeah, it's probably a good idea to have a guy who can just smash out all of the guns, right? Yeah, yeah. especially considering. But how about Modern Blade? I don't know. They had like all historical weapons. How about what? 
Mountain Blade. Never heard of it. Oh, okay. But let me put this out. <laughs> no, but they, they, you probably they probably had some guy, someone who did all the weapons, no? Yeah. All but, the weapons. but the difference is between let's say like an AR-15. Right, so you're doing an AR-15 designed for Call of Duty, and you have to make it legally viable, right? Because that's what all of their guns are, so that they can call it the AR-17 or whatever, and be like, it's not. Don't sue us, AR, whoever the company is. <laughs> I don't know. Is it Malawan from Borderlands that makes the AR-15? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and, you know, so they're doing that. And I would say that there's a lot of probably design or, okay, maybe I'm shitting on a bunch of people here, but there's a lot of design that goes into redesigning an AR-15 to make it legally viable mm. for a game like Call of Duty. And it's good to have a specialist in because they're going to understand like the difference between certain muzzle brakes and, yeah. you know, ejection mechanisms for bullets or whatever. With a medieval fantasy game, you have to think like, okay, if I'm designing a sword, it only needs to be a 2D plane, right? I only have to, I could draw the sword and photobash it and it's done. There doesn't uh, really but, need to be much more design. But, that, but certain that. things I'm, like I'm helmets, sure for that. example, helmets sure are very difficult. Yeah, yeah. You need to specialize to know like I what think, kind of medieval helmets the, the, exist. There's and... just, you know, anything medieval has history. That's also true. There's so much more reference to, to get, for, you know, humanity has evolved and we have all the past and we can just take from there yeah so if you do a medieval game you just look at you go in the museum and that's it you know yeah, it's true but if you were tasked with designing a sword would you build a 3d model of the sword because i don't think i would uh, no well yeah i guess it depends what i've got to do if you have to do yeah it depends like what kind of if it's if it's a vfx if, if it's a vfx close-up okay, of the yeah, sword fine. yeah 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 doing, then i would yeah but my point is if somebody had to build it for a game yeah the ar-15 you can't just give them a side view right you have to give them a three-quarter a side view a top down a bottom down or just a 3d model which is well done yeah with the case of a sword you can just give a one it's a flat yeah. object yeah. essentially right I've, I guess same with the shield. Same with a lot of like medieval yeah. stuff. There's just a very yeah. big demand for sci-fi work, and it's true that if I think about concept art specialists, yeah, the first thing that comes to my mind is hard surface. Yes. So what do hard, you... hard surface is the definition of concept art specialist. So now... oh, really, because I think I, I think that might be to do more with people we know. I mean. Maybe. There's also, I mean, there's loads of specialists in creatures, for sure. There's Keep loads specialist. of specialists. I mean, look at like Aaron McBride. He's a, a character specialist, essentially, yeah. in the film industry. True, characters, creatures. I feel like characters and creatures are very similar. But really, I mean, in anything, you can specialize and have a niche if you're yeah. good enough at it. Yeah. I mean, look at Vitaly Bulgarov, who, you know, Stefan's wet dream of a designer. But, oh, I mean... Really? <laughs> am, I, am I wrong? No, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> no, I think... But Vitaly Bulgarov, right, has like an extremely weird niche that he's in. I mean, his niche is Vitaly Bulgarov. Yeah. It's I mean, just I, like hard surface plus fantasy right yeah. now. And I, I don't think weird. and I don't think I would class him as like necessarily like a quote unquote hard surface guy as much as I would say he just has a niche. Just as I would say like Callum Alexander Watt, who is also a really fucking psychiatrist, has a niche in doing a lot of like character and prop and background design for movies. Or um, yeah, but, yeah, but you just said loads of stuff right now. Characters, yeah, props, and backgrounds. No, he does character. He does lots of characters for movies, right? So yeah. like for Quantum Mania, he did like all of the like pre-production like, yeah, background yeah. characters yeah, and stuff. So good, right? Yeah, so good. So he specializes in that, is what I'm saying. But I'm just saying, like, I think when people say, you know, you need to specialize, and oh, this person has a niche or whatever. Really, it's just about having a niche in something that you're really passionate about. I don't think it matters in a way like when you find a real niche like something that you are really good at it is often kind of beyond classification in a way yeah. it's not like I, I, you're not like oh yeah they're a creature designer you're like oh i'm hiring that person to do their thing yeah. it's like their yeah. niche is just their thing in quotes okay. that makes so sense. like 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 creatures for pokemon yeah for sonic so, right for, um you know, like all that kind what's of that guy's name well, I don't know. There's the guy who does that, right? Yeah. There's the guy who specializes in Pokemon name, designs. Yeah, that, that kind of stuff. Or you look at like Andrea Ciampo and his like amazing creature designs. Yeah. It's like, well, what are you hiring him for? You're hiring him for... You're not hiring him to be a creature specialist per se. You're hiring him to be him and yeah. to do yeah. his thing, right? And that that's kind of how I... I think it's a more useful way of thinking about yeah. niches and specializations. And, and it, you, you can broaden that by even bringing that from studios. I think like ILM yeah. has a certain specific ILM feel same frame store specific frame store feel yeah i mean I, I guess people kind of have vaguely house styles i would say ilm doesn't really have a house style honestly in my opinion san I francisco think, has no i don't think so if you look at the difference between uh oh um 
oh god, wow, I'm blanking people's names. I think Lucasfilm might have a house style. ILM San Francisco um, does not have a house style. Okay, yeah, Definitely gonna... not. If you look at the difference between somebody like I can name off the top of my head, Alexander Jaeger. <laughs> okay. Sorry? Just wanna have, like have a question I've been trying to say it, you know? Oh, okay, I, I, I just turn it, I see as he's you guys like, keep going shouting like... silently. <laughs> Um, but I mean, if you're looking at like, I, I don't think ILM is a house star because even if you look at San Francisco, mm. which is one of the kind of longer running parts of the company, right? So if you look at Alexander Yeager, Casey Straker, and uh, I don't know, like James Klein, all very, very, very different mm. styles of work and different things that they specialize in. And I, I've seen them all like kind of move between projects and work on different stuff. But I can always tell who's doing what, you know? Yeah. And I guess also we, at the end, but all these companies end up working on very similar projects. So yeah, maybe, I think at the end of the day, it's just so about much. maybe not so much being able to hit the client's expectations. Yeah, whilst also having some personality with what you do, because different clients will prefer different styles of art. All right, I've got a question. Oh, no, 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 Stefan no, has a question. question I have a question. So my question is um, now related to the specializing. Do you think it's beneficial in terms of uh, getting a job? Getting a job. That was my question as well. Wow. Oh. Minds. How good is that? Um, <laughs> that's, that, happened, that happened when you were screaming at each other. <laughs> and, we were like brain connection yeah. through through pain. Air? <laughs> no. It's for shouting at rockets or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, what do you think? <laughs> do you think? Do you think it helps you also in terms of monetary reasons? Like um, in terms of what reason? Like monetary reasons. Do you think you mm. would be earning more money if you are a specialist? Like, I, I don't really know how much money those guys earn, but I would imagine if you are a guy who can do a thing and they go specifically right. to As you, a, they don't go to someone else, then they only have one option in the world. It's just you. So they pay you more, right? right? So can I can I say this? I, I'm just going to go back to what I said. If in terms of like, oh, if, if the niche will get make you pay more, if you're really good at what you do, you'll get paid more. That that is yeah, the end yeah. of it at the end of the day. No matter what you do, yeah. And yeah. If you're, Whether you're a specialist, generalist, or... and if you specialize in being a generalist, yeah, and you're really you're like truly the best at that, then yeah, you're gonna make a lot of money. Okay. I, I think it's just people who are at the top of their game make a lot of money. And I yeah. think yes, there's also always the opportunity where if you do specialize in something, that a project will come along, and every other person who even vaguely specializes that is caught up in something else, and you are like the one yeah. guy they can come to. And they just have to offer you insane I money because like they don't have a choice. Specialization yeah. probably can reach out more money as freelance than a generalist with the same skill level. So, for example, there was because a- they can really because they can just hit that specific demand. And as yeah, you said, if there's no not really other person also, available, they might just ask for more money. Yeah, but there's all might always be a specific demand for a generalist as well. There was a. Yeah. I think it's kind of the same. It's one and the same to me, at least in my mm-hmm. mind, but. Yeah. There was a thing that uh, on a podcast with John Park and with Che or something, when he was saying that specializing helped him to be more recognizable, for example. That mm. for a while, John Park was the Mech guy and all he did was Mechs. And everyone remembered, oh, you know the Mech guy? And everyone would be like, oh yeah, John Park, you mean, right? Yeah. And then he became the guy who does painterly things, you know? And then guy, everyone would be like, oh, you know the guy who does painterly concepts and everyone would be like thinking in their heads oh it's John Park you know we know that it's just not just John Park right but he's the only one who does it I think actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but but, but yeah. he does have like a portfolio like even if you go on his art station now I think it's very much just this one thing that he does yeah. and everything and even though he probably has hundreds of other concepts he deletes he or never posts that stuff yeah because it makes him very like sellable for that and like for example Richard as well it's a yeah. it's an example like Richard has a specific style of specific things that he does I'd say this and uh, he only has that in his portfolio and I think that makes him a lot more recognizable I think it's this other thing you said is, is true but it implies people who are already in, this, in the industry I feel like if you're a student and you want to get paid and working mm. I think you have more chance of being hired personally I think if you're a generalist um, you can I improve a lot faster if you just have a niche, though. In that niche. That's true, yeah. But I, I think one of the things is if you're a student and you want to get in the industry, there's some very basic things you sh- have to do no matter what you should do, which is you have to be able to 
show off a certain amount of fundamental skills. You have to be able to do props because they're the most needed things in games, right? And mm. games jobs are more available than films jobs. Um, you have to be able to reach certain render and finish qualities. Mm. You have to be able to iterate successfully in design. And if you can do all of those things at a professional level, then if you can say like, oh, and also I'm really good at doing environments, that's just the icing on top of the cake. I think this is, here's, a, here's another political controversial statement from me, but a lot of people talk about how the concept art industry is super, 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 oh God, what's the word? Oh man, I've lost the word. Competitive. It's competitive. People always talk about it being really competitive. And I always think, that's kind of a little bit of a misrepresentation. I think it's more to do with people misunderstanding the basic criteria that will yeah. get you into the industry. The The entry doors are very hard to access. Not that many people even access them. And that's why it's not competitive yeah. at all, so actually. There's not yeah. that, there's a lot of competition to become competitive. Good enough. Yeah. Competitive, yeah. But yeah, that, that's true. Like, especially when. I think it's it's something that I mean when I was looking for a job I really I really thought and believed that there was just too many other people that were just too good. Mm. But not really. It's just that there's like maybe one person that's too good, and yeah. that that one person is gonna get the job. It's not that there's twenty percent that are too good or better than you. It's just one or two, but they're gonna get. That's it. enough. Yeah. yeah, that's enough. And and the road the the road there is so steep and so long. Let's say that it's just. Okay, it, a lot of people drop out along the way. Yeah. Very much, yeah. Stefan, you got any uh, opinions on this thing that you asked? About um, if it make John Park and stuff like that. Uh, you know, you asked whether he can't remember his own question. This guy, this guy over here. No, I remember uh, whether it's beneficial, like beneficial in terms as a of student, money. yeah, uh, or or in terms of money yeah. to have a niche and be a specialist or I, to be a generalist. I I think it is beneficial i think what do you think is beneficial you can't I just think, say i think oh, it's sorry, beneficial. I think it's, our brains are destroyed no, no, no i think <laughs> it's, it's too late. Uh, i think it's what do you mean we're recording it's in the middle of the day when it's yes it's perfect <laughs> uh yeah so um i think it's beneficial to have um some niche in and specialize in something uh, in terms of monetary and also like getting faster to a certain skill now is it something that you want to do? If it's not, then I don't think you should do it. It's something that I never wanted to do. I think I always, I had a also like a broader thing. As I said, I like sci-fi, I like fantasy, I like environments, I like keyframes, uh, I like vehicles, props. The only thing I don't like is characters. And that's mm. the one thing that I exclu excluded out of the things that I focused on in terms of like learning mm. how to do. And uh, that makes me happy. And that's and that's what's important to me. And I don't care what I, right now. But I do think that um, maybe one day I will try to focus on either on a certain style or maybe yeah. do what John Park did a, uh, to be a bit more, uh, let's say, yeah. uh, like, rememberable. That's a, that's a nice note to end on, though, because at the end of the day, a lot of people across your career, as you're getting into your career, will give you advice and they'll tell you to do one thing. And, you know, everybody has survivorship bias. Everything we've said today on the podcast as well is completely fueled by our own biases about how yeah. we go into the industry yeah. and people uh, we know. Also, it's highly impacted by the film industry. Sure. It's just both of us are in there. But, but at the end of the day, the only thing that really matters is that you enjoy what you're doing yeah. and you can get to a level where you can yeah. monetize it to some extent, essentially. It's, it's true that if you don't enjoy, like if you want to specialize in doing artifice and you don't like it, yeah, then what's the point? Don't do it because yeah. you're never going to become good enough. Yeah. Because some one last thing as well to be able to specialize into hard surface or into anything yeah it's probably a bit harder than to become generalist in a way i'm going to explain you can be meh at everything as being a generalist mm -hmm. meh as good enough mm -hmm. but if you want to be a specialist you can't be meh at you have to be amazing you have yeah. to be very 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 good yeah, if you surface. just do hard surface, you, have to, you be have to be one of the best yeah. to be a competent hireable desirable Artist, mm. artist. If you do like characters as well, for example, yeah. um, it, you have to be really amazing and mm. have really good ideas. So that, that, that's why I think it's always better to just try and be. But no, always character. Well, you should just make things that you like. At the end of the yeah. day, yeah. Like I said, people are going to give you advice. You're listening to this, and we're trying to give you advice. But don't don't let don't it, listen to us. Well, mate, in a way, don't let other people's opinions of the best route for your career skew it because everybody has a different path up the mountain everybody takes a different route to get there and 
at the you, end of the day, hey, that's all that really matters is that you find your own way up. Like, up. look, if you like sketching, just do sketching and be the best at sketching. And like, you know, and that will get you money at some point. And you'll, you know, people like will appreciate it in this yeah, as well. Um, yeah. Well, that's the end, I guess. Like, you got any, you want to close, you want to close, give us a closing comment, Stefan. Hey, the closing comment is, um, follow your dreams and believe that you will make it. And whether you want to specialize or you want to be a generalist concept artist, the, you know, it's getting long, wrap it up, wrap it up. Just do it. Just do it and uh, do whatever <laughs> right, you yes. want. Ah, Just do it. Nike, please sponsor us. Yes. Thank you very much. This has been the Concept 101 podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, uh, please feel free to like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. And if you're listening on Spotify, uh, follow along on that or whatever you click to do that on Spotify. Jules, do you know what you click on that? No, he doesn't. Thank F- you so much. Follow? Follow, yeah, maybe. Follow. You, you follow artists. And the notification bell on YouTube. Notification well. bell. And we release uh, podcasts every two weeks. Yeah. So make sure to stay there and <laughs> stay there. Please, please. <laughs> don't leave. Be, be ready to like until you release, so you can click on it <laughs> the same second and be the yeah. first comment. Every Thursday, every two weeks. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> at eleven a.m., yeah. podcast is released. All right. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. We hope you enjoyed, and we'll see you soon. Cheers. Bye bye. Take care. Thank you. Bye.